Welcome to Help from Future Self. Hello, Archons. Welcome to another episode of Help from Future Self, the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. And this week I am joined by my best Keyforge friend, Essie Steele. What's going on, Sydney? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. I flew back early from Dragon Con to record this episode with you. I am so hyped. Oh, okay, okay. And I mean, this is a very special episode because we are been privileged to be selected to do something that I don't think we've had the privilege of doing before on Hell from Future Self. We have not, and that's what makes this even more special. Yes. So why don't you let the listeners know what we have in store for them today? So we have been gifted by Ghost Galaxy two spoiled cards. So two spoiled cards from the Winds of Exchange set, and we have them in front of us right here. We are looking at their images. We know what they look like, what they say, what houses they're in, and we're here to share them with you. Yes, and we have been told we exclusively have these cards, so you cannot see these anywhere else. And we are going to have a fun little discussion looking back uh, at them through some old segments we used to do, which we haven't done for a while, and uh, Sydney and I thought this would be the perfect time to bring back some of these segments. Absolutely. And so before we dive in, I do want to say right now, the Ghost Galaxy Keyforge Winds of Exchange crowdfunding campaign is live on GameFound. So go ahead and head over to our link in our show notes, or you can go to uh, GameFound.com and search Keyforge and they are live. They have a lot of different tiers. You can back them all there. I'm personally really excited for the the highest tier, Turner of Keys. One of the things available with that tier is the Winds of Exchange collector set. It's a copy of every single card. So I personally used to get enough decks to make sure that I had a copy of every single card. I just personally loved owning a copy of every single card in some deck that I own. And now I can just have them in front of me. It also will help if I'm, you know, trying to remember cards or, you know, flashcard style studying for a, a strategic event. I'm really, really excited to get my <laughs> hands on this. Yeah, it's a, it's pretty cool. Definitely a, a really nice uh, thing to have that is associated with a crowdfunding back. That being said, even though that is at the top so far, what uh, at the time of us recording this, there is also a really nice array of different ways people can actually choose to back this with a reward. And I just love that they were very thoughtful in choosing the different levels that you could contribute to and even so much as to adapt as needed based on community feedback. Absolutely. So with that being said, let's hop on over to actually letting you know what we have for this discussion today. So Sydney, why don't you actually give a nice um, descriptor of what it is? We will have a YouTube that is in the show notes. So after you listen to this, you can actually go have a preview of the visuals of these cards and we will have a kind of a little bit of a different shorter discussion. But this is the main thing where we want you to really understand how amazing these cards are right here, right now. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Okay, Whew. I am so hyped for this. The first card that we have for y'all is a Saurian action. 
It has a pip of amber, which is kind of insane because it's also awesome. It's called Pale into Significance on, it says play, destroy each creature with the lowest power. insignificance. Oh, thank you. Pale into insignificance. (laughs) I'm just, I'm, I'm too excited for this right now. So yes, the name is Pale into Insignificance and it says play, destroy each creature with the lowest power, which is ridiculously on brand. And on top of that, it's a common. So you're, you're going to see a lot of these and with a pip of amber, it's just incredible. But also the flavor text the history books will remember my name by unknown. <laughs> yeah, so I just good. thought that was so great. Yeah, that's a that is a very memorable quote to have in that context, and uh, it's it looks really nice. Like the art is really stunning in the style of Keyforge that you expect. Right, like it has a uh, Saurian, a Roman dressed dinosaur in front of a what would likely be a steed for this dinosaur, but the dinosaur's uh, the steed's head is out of the photo, and so uh, the the Roman dressed dinosaur is in the shadow of the steed, and behind it is all of these like Roman Colosseum buildings with birds in the background. It just it looks really cool. Yeah, it's a it looks like an Allosaurus type of dinosaur with a toga on holding a staff with a golden laurels crown on the head. So uh, very very much in that Greek and Roman sort of fashion with the architecture in the background also looking in that vein. So very cool and uh the the color spectrum is is really nice on on this one too. So vibrant and what you expect from a Keyforge card. Absolutely. So we were thinking we would do our uh, previous segment, Would You Rather, with the card Pale into Insignificance. So Blake, would you rather have in your deck Pale into Insignificance or Infighting from Untamed? And for uh, those of you who may not remember off the top of your head... Infighting is an untamed card, and it says play. Each creature deals damage equal to its power to its right neighbor. Blake, what do you think? I got to say that, so because I'm not aware of the low-powered creatures at this point, it's creating basically a, a unknown for for deciding how great Pale into Insignificance will be because if there's really strong, low-powered creatures, this could be a very substantial card because you're getting off those things in a mass uh, ability. There's also the fact that... I don't know. There's like what are, what are the destroyed triggers? There's some factors that are hard to say. I think infighting is a better card and I would rather have that card but I also think that the board state matters so infighting is not always a great card depending on how your opponent puts things together again it has a conditional but I think it's going to be able to deal more damage and take out more targets overall because at the end of the day I think destroying creatures with the lowest power is not as you don't care about it as much because things with lower power, there's there's lots of ways to deal with them. But things with higher power, I think, actually are usually stick a little bit more and a bit harder to deal with. So as a result, I'm not sure how this card will end up playing out in terms of how big are the big targets on the board and you know things like that. One thing I will say, though, that I'm thinking about right now as I just ramble on here is... Um, <laughs> 
I think that this could be really cool if we see a rise in sanctum creatures with armor, like high armor and low power, in which case you would get around their armor and get to target their power. I think that's one thing where this card could actually come into really, um, really nice uh, utilization. I actually, so I love that you have that opinion because I have probably almost the exact opposite opinion. I think Pale into Insignificance is going to actually be a lot better in a lot of decks than infighting would be simply because it is in the right house for this. So a lot of Saurian mm. creatures are going to have higher power. So whereas infighting, I guess infighting is is good in Untamed because there are creatures with lower powers, but it takes a lot more work to survive your own infighting card and you're leaving your own board decimated whereas pale into insignificance if you don't have the lowest powered creatures which actually sometimes can be the the worst ones to have on the board because like you know your opponent has an ember imp out there two power under a taunt and you're not able to play more than two cards if this is your first card not only are you getting a pip of amber whereas infighting you're not but you are destroying that ember imp and so i feel like each car each creature with the lowest power is the right is the right action to take in the saurian house i i hear what you're saying no i actually that's a very uh very great point uh very well analyzed and thought through i i feel foolish now (laughs) (laughs) infighting is pretty awesome too not gonna lie but pale into insignificance is going to be super useful very specifically in saurian because it will probably have a lot of beefy creatures even though like just historically it has and so i think that when the the lower powered creatures come out and you're possibly overwhelmed with them or a lot of uh, houses have creatures with the same power and so you can destroy multiples that way and if you have a lot of creatures on your own board you're not hurting any of them okay very true the other thing i'm wondering is is this card going to put a lot of work in against tokens is what i wonder maybe that is the consideration of having it specifically targeting lowest power because majoritively tokens will have the lowest power based on what we've seen so far. They're usually about a one or a two. That's I wonder a if that's great part point. Of it. Yeah, this is actually going to do a lot of work in Winds of Exchange specifically because of the new token mechanic. And and to be honest, I think to a degree when when we see sets being designed, it's it's kind of in a way insular. Like you, you notice the best interactions you get with a set is when it's set on set because you really get to see the things go against each other. And I actually like the fact that things are designed in that way. Like I'm sure there is an overarching, like we need some balance with these other things that's considered, but you, you must think that the majority of the consideration is how will the set interact with itself? Because if you're playing sealed and that's obviously what they would probably like the game to be played the most because you're buying some product you're getting to have that experience where it's fresh and exciting and new and you don't really know what you have to work with so you have to learn on the fly i feel like it's it's the most enjoyable way to play keyforge because you have discovery you have getting to know a deck in terms of from a first game to your last game and then you also have the way that you don't have information so you're having to play in a much more conservative style sometimes Yeah, you're totally right. It's incredibly synergistic, like within the set Mm -hmm. and within the house specifically, because I can imagine that whether the uh, Saurian 
tokens have more power than the other tokens or not, that the Saurian creatures will have more power than the tokens. And so that's that's a yes. great point. I really like that. All right. Now on to the next would you rather. So, Sydney, for you, would you rather have Pale into Insignificance or the Sanctum card first or last? And for those of you who are not familiar with this Sanctum card, first or last states action play one, purge each creature with the highest power, or you can choose the other option of purge each creature with the lowest power. So this is very much on vein with the current card we're talking about. So which one would you rather have, Sydney? That is a fantastic question. So you you made a good point earlier where Sanctum sometimes does have lower powered creatures that have a high armor count. So I actually, I think I'm going to fall on to pale into insignificance again, probably for that reason, because as much as purging is more powerful than destroying, there's there's actually a couple reasons here. Even though it is a fantastic choice to be able to purge with the highest or purge with the lowest, you really need a very specific set of sanctum creatures for that card to to not have the risk of hitting your own creatures. And getting them out permanently by purging will do a better job at removing them from the deck, but it doesn't come with an amber pip. And so if the card does end up hurting yourself or if it doesn't have an effect on the board at the moment, there isn't really a time worth playing it. And so I guess it's an easier choice to make whether to play it or not, because if it doesn't benefit you, you discard it. But that could be the problem is that you have no use for it. Whereas with Pale into Insignificance, you're probably making the debate whether to play that card, even if it does hurt you, for the Amber Pip. Mm, I like that. That's a that's a very well said point for sure. Oh, you're not likely to have multiples of those where there is a chance you might have multiple pale into insignificances in your deck. And so it could be a bit more reliable that you're going to run into another one, or you can know that you'll have one for later and you don't need to use it right now. So I think that also weighs into it. I mean, I think that's a really good point. Like if you have two and you haven't have them both in your hand, like the ability to take out like the one power, and then maybe the next thing up happens to be a three or a four at that point, And it has a little bit more weight. Uh, I think the ability to get multiples potentially because it's common does add quite a bit to the card's potency. Absolutely. For me, I would have to say that I'm also going to go with the, I would rather have pale into insignificance and for a slightly different reason than you, but I also agree with your reasoning. The pip is definitely a huge selling point and first or last, even though it provides more versatility it's actually because it has purge that I would rather have pale into insignificance because if my cards have some destroyed triggers, I'm going to more likely wish to maybe destroy my creatures to get a destroyed effect going off where purge would actually negate that. Oh, and I'm yeah. thinking I've seen some of the tokens already that have been spelled have destroyed triggers and they are low power, which we talked about before. And then as well, you have the fact that 
if you are hitting your own cards, maybe they're cards you don't want purged. And again, I'm going to rely on the fact that I think tokens are going to be on the lower end of the power spectrum, that you are actually technically purging cards in your deck that could have a greater significance later on and you want to get back to them. So if you're purging a card that happens to be a token, for example, I mean, this is also the flip side that this card could be very potent to dealing with these tokens that could actually be really good cards in your opponent's deck. So first or last does come with, I guess, that caveat from the other side, but I'm in control in this moment. And so I think I may end up discarding this card more potentially as a result where Pale into Insignificance puts it into my discard. Maybe we're going to see some discard recursion come into the game, which have not yet been spoiled. And that's going to make it so that you these cards that are tokens and are going into your discard, you have a way of getting them back. So I think Pale into Insignificance is going to provide more versatility for utilizing the unknowns that exist. That is such a great point. Like I didn't even think about the fact that getting rid of the cards, like purging would remove the card from the game. And so as a token, you don't know what your opponent has under there. So you don't know what you're purging. And that's that's actually a really crazy interaction. But when with destroy each creature with the lowest power for pale into insignificance, it really does work well if you do want to put your card back into your deck. Like, let's say that you created a token and you have tokens in front of you that the face down cards are cards that you want to use. This would be a great way to get them back into your deck so that you can use them as their their face up version. Yes, when you cycle back, you're going to have them available to potentially use again. I think this is the perfect segue into the next card, talking about um, the tokens and, and things like that and cards being potentially made into tokens and needing them to come back. So the next card that we were given to uh, speak about here is a Star Alliance card. Not only is it a card, it is also an artifact. It is called Future Booster. It is a common artifact with an Ember Pip that has an Omni ability that states, look at the top card of your deck you may put it on the bottom of your deck. It also has the great flavor text of, I keep hoping it will boost my present, but no luck so far. <laughs> so pretty good. I mean, I feel like Star Alliance has the wittiest sort of banter in the flavor text. I don't know Oh my gosh, you. totally. I couldn't agree more. I also really, really love the art. It's like a, yes. it's a really cool like screen that, uh, he has on his uh, wrist, it's a, um, oh, what are the, a gauntlet? Is that called when you put it yeah, on your it wrist? Yeah, it looks like a gauntlet, yeah. And it's really cool because it's just, it has a, like the front of it looks like, kind of like a ham radio with the like little dials, but like it's really, really futuristic and super fun. Yeah, it reminds me of like Buzz Lightyear when he uses his like wrist thing. It's kind of yes! like that, except way bulkier. And it looks like it kind of almost looks like a, a boombox front panel there. And it's like the size of it also makes me think of like an old school boombox with a cassette in it. It's kind of funny. Oh, that's amazing. I totally agree. But oh my God, the the power on this card. Yeah. So the reason why I mentioned that being able to look at your card and if you're making tokens, this alone is pretty cool for that. And uh, we decided to approach this from the over-under 
side of things. And uh, Sydney, why don't you go first and tell us, do you think this card is going to be an over or an under? So over under is one of our old segments, and I I don't know if we're going to disagree on this one, but this I think Mm -hmm. will absolutely be an over performer for for so many reasons. This is like this could be like one of the better cards in this whole set. So because it's an Omni, you're literally able to use this power on every single turn after it comes out. And so look at the top card of your deck. The importance of the top card of your deck in this set can't be understated. (laughs) Ha ha, under over. But the, (laughs) the fact that you get to like look and see what the the token that you might possibly create next could be or the card that you are going to draw next and being able to put it at the bottom of your deck means you're either possibly saving it for later if it's a card you don't want it to be a token or you're just getting rid of it so that it's not the next card that you draw like this has just so many versatile uses and as an artifact it's not even an action it's gonna sit on your board until your opponent gets rid of it like it's it's insane yeah, I think this is going to be one of the top artifacts of the set. I think it's just, even without the context of Winds of Exchange, this in any set is going to be considered a top artifact. The fact that you can see your top card and then make a decision. Like, what about those times you you get your, your Mega Ember Control like early on, like some of that, we don't know what that looks like right now because all the shadows cards being gone. Like I'm thinking of TMTP, but totally like something along that ilk. If you have it, you can just be like, I'm going to save this for later. You know, like, you know what? This is at the bottom. I need to start getting it at the top. You can then just start using it and putting stuff on the bottom, be like, oh, I actually really need this. But this is an essential. So I'm just going to put this on the bottom to move that card closer back to the top. And so I can start getting it late game. Like it's, providing some of the cycle and efficiency that we are not seeing in the same way with logos not being present. Oh, great point. Yeah, this definitely has some card manipulation in the way that Logos used to have a ton of card manipulation too. And without Logos there, like maybe Star Alliance is going to just soak up some of that in general. And this is just an example of that. Mm-hmm. I just think it's it's going to be really cool for for many reasons it's just you have information so you know what you're going to draw like if you have a draw card thing as well like if there's any card draw this is going to work in that regards too like you're going to know what you get to draw you're going to know what you're going to want to do for tokens like maybe you end up discarding a token creating card because like oh i don't actually want that on the board because i need to make sure i have that card in my arsenal for next turn like it just gives you information that you would not normally have like i don't think we've ever had something like this other than you know rearranging your cards which you'll get to like draw or or you you for the most part you don't really get to put on the bottom we saw a little bit of it in those creatures where you know look at the top three one the bottom one the top one to hand but nothing as consistent as this Absolutely. And I mean, I can't get over the fact that it's an Omni, like you can do this in another house. So like the amount of combos that this could have with other houses, actions and cards, and the fact that you can look at the top card of your deck and like, you're probably going to have your tokens could be one of the three houses of your deck. So you might actually need to focus on a different house when you're thinking about your tokens. And so having a balance of what cards in your deck are the tokens and what cards 
aren't. So I, I just think it's it's just crazy how good this card is. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm in the over category as well. If I didn't explicitly state that, but yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm also think this is going to be an over performer. And I think, I mean, imagine because it's common you get two of these in your deck, right? Like, think about if we get it in multiples because it's common. I don't know if it has a restriction or not, but that is going to be really cool. You can just start putting stuff on the bottom of your deck. Like your ability to dig basically oh my beyond your draw is just insane to think about. That's so true. Like the fact that it's common means that it also is very likely just going to show up in a lot of decks. And so if you see like when you're playing a sealed game and you see your opponent has Star Alliance, you might just have to assume that they have this card in there. Yep. It's uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, I would love to, it's, you know, it's the most interesting thing about this card, I think, is the things that don't exist now. So for example, Ooh. we are not going to have shadows, which means you do not have a borrow. You do not have cards, which would, this would be great with would be the, I can't remember what it is, but the shadows card that you steal one and then flip over the top card of your deck if it's also a shadows card you keep stealing like the fact that you could set that up so it's really interesting that those are out when something like this comes in because it would make those cards like really strong oh for sure and like i don't know it's it's kind of cool to think that like cards like gambling den like i i know that the gambling den would mm. happen at the beginning of your turn but you could do this at the end of your turn and so like if you know you're not going to draw up or like you you can predict yeah the next card you're going to draw. So you can even like base your turn around this. Like if you're choosing between two different houses and you're able to see what the next, like what you're going to draw for your next hand, like the, the, the possibilities are endless. I mean, it could be as simple as uh, you, you're cycling or things like that. You don't want to look, you want to look at the top card and maybe you decide I'm not going to play one card and not draw a card. Like there's, there's just really interesting decisions that will now be made as a result of this being in your deck and being in your deck in multiples potentially too is going to be i think the coolest thing. like i want to get a a two or three future booster <laughs> deck. that's going to be my my life goal right now and like the cherry on top it comes with an amber pip like you're going to get an yep. amber because you're playing this card it's it's just it's crazy how awesome it is totally agree so uh we cannot end an episode without our titular segment and this is called help from future self and this week i have a help from future self for everyone actually this isn't just my lesson i'm hoping everyone realizes this we were not so long ago in a place where we felt keyforge had a ton of uncertainty and a lot of us held the faith. We kept just creating content, playing the game, being a part of leagues and the online community that refused to let this go during the uncertainty. And if you look, we are now being rewarded with that. This is proof right now, the fact that we did not give up on the game during anything. Like we we reduced the frequency release episodes. That was as far as we got. But now we are being blessed with some spoilers. And not just us, but other content creators. We are getting lots of stuff coming out of the Ghost Galaxy website at keyforging.com. And I'm just grateful that I didn't truly lose hope. Like there was there was moments where I was nervous, but 
And I think I can speak for Sydney as well. Like we held the faith that this was going to come back in some way. And I think it came back in the best way possible, which is under new stewardship. And we're getting to see the the fruits of Ghost Galaxy taking over and their commitment to to making Keyforge better than it was before. And it's it's just really awesome to see. So I'm just grateful that my future self remembered my past self to just stay calm. Keep calm and carry on, as they used to say. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Blake, I couldn't agree more. You are totally right. This is just, it's more than we could have possibly asked for and better than we could have possibly asked for. And I just, uh, I I haven't been this excited for Keyforge in a very, very long time. Yeah, it's the interesting thing is the anticipation of a new set has certain things that go along with it. And one of them is spoilers. And last set, I chose not to be a part of any spoilers. This set, because of the lack of anything happening for so long, I'm I'm going to take everything as it comes. <laughs> and I want to know what's happening right away. And it's it's got such a nice feeling of excitement and anticipation. And I'm just grateful that I get to have that experience and this feeling again, because it's a lot of fun. Cannot agree more. And just a, a last reminder to support the Ghost Galaxy Keyforge Winds of Exchange crowdfunding campaign on GameFound. There are multiple different tiers. They come with, you can get a fuzzy Gruen plushie. You can get some of their vinyl figures. They're just, they look so awesome. There's Officer Moon, there's a Niffle Ape. And on top of all that, they also have personalized deck names. So some of the tiers, you can get a deck with a name that you provide them. They'll feed through the algorithm and give you something awesome. I'm I'm hoping personally for Sydney, the queen of Keyforge to uh, pop out of that algorithm, <laughs> but um, we'll, we'll see if I'm that lucky. But then they, they also have play mats that can have your your personalized deck name on it, as well as some of the art that we were bragging about earlier. They also have some new art for the houses on some new play mats. And so check out the campaign and, and back it. And it's just so exciting that we have, we have product just waiting for us. And I, I cannot wait to get my hands on all of it. I couldn't agree more. And, and for those of you who are maybe on the fence a little about whether you wish to back this or not maybe you're not you're kind of questioning the whole crowdfunding aspect this is a really important thing to help them understand where we are as a group so please take the time to back this in whatever level is the most appropriate for your financial means because it's going to give a lot of information to help with the future of the game and the way we'll see organized play come about and really help them gauge what our community is. And I think our community is a lot greater than than we see in some aspects because I think what we see through Discord and things like that that are happening versus people who are not that way is is a lot greater. And this is going to let them really see all of that and get a lot of really important information on how to proceed with the game moving in the future. So um, if you have the means to do so, please do back at a level that you feel comfortable because it's going to provide a lot of really great information for this game's evolution moving forward, which we're already seeing uh, taking really nice steps in that direction. Totally. All right. So um, I guess that's going to do it for this episode. Um, after we do our little outro here, head on over to the YouTube link so you can actually see these beautiful visuals that we 
uh, talked about here. And um, if you, uh, we're going to have a much shorter episode there. It's just more so you can get a look at these instead of just hearing us talk about them and using, letting your imagination run wild, which I hope it did. Um, <laughs> so Sydney, where can people find you if they want to reach out? So I am SC Steel on Discord and TCO. And I also want to remind you, we do have a Gmail. So if you want to reach out to us and just send us an email at hffspodcast at gmail.com. Perfect. And you can find me on Discord. It's a Boulevard Blake number sign 3840. That's BLVD Blake number sign 3840. You can also find my YouTube under Boulevard Blake where um, I'm back at putting content out on the regular. And uh, you can find a link to that with the accompanying episode to this podcast for these spoilers. So uh, we're so grateful to being given this exclusive chance to talk about these cards by Ghost Galaxy. So thank you so much. And uh, folks, until next time, stay fortunate.